let's let's switch to another medium. How about how about some movies? How about that? Um, where's Mr. Lynch? That's beautiful cinema. Yeah, that's great. Um, so yes, uh, we watched The Killer, uh, David Fincher's latest over on Netflix. Now, did I give myself a refresher after having seen it two weeks ago? No. Mm, okay. But I think well, I think that'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is a movie about a uh, an assassin uh, who really likes Morrissey. That's the uh, best. <laughs> it's a good uh, good summary. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've done a lot of talking today. How about what do you? Uh, how about you uh, give your thoughts? Um, this was what I expected from a David Fincher thriller, um, and and that's a good thing because it it you know in terms of his filmography, I think it's in. Definitely towards the top. Um, it's in the mm. you know the upper echelon of, of Fincher movies. Um, it's just very well executed. You, you're following uh, the well. I mean, I call him the killer because I don't think you actually get his name in in the movie. Um, no, no. There's just the recurring bit where he uses aliases. Constantly. That's right. And and you're you're following yeah. him after. Well, at first you're following him as a job goes wrong. You see his uh, thought process and mentality as someone who is very cold and calculated. And uh, mm-hmm. um, then you spend the next hour forty five just, just watching him slowly unravel and and make matters worse and worse for himself. And um, it's very satisfying to watch. There's, it's full of really great uh, performances. Um, very smart. Um, I did wish it there were less uh, Smiths songs in it. Um, I, I think uh-huh. the fact that the killer's favorite artist is the Smiths is very appropriate for the character. I just the the problem with that is that you are then subjected to uh, a wide array of Smiths songs throughout the film. So you know you, t- you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Um, my favorite detail actually is the fact that his first job he's like scoping out a subject and 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 a building and area, and he's doing it from the now vacated uh, we work office mm-hmm. um which is very funny uh and and, and a very yeah. smart little uh i guess easter egg or, or detail um what I, I i enjoyed that but then i also thought damn that means netflix had to pay to use we work just before they went completely under <laughs> that's a good point that's sort of just like pissing in the wind <laughs> that's true um but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very it, it's paced very well. It's structured very well. I'm was always intrigued by this character um, that we're watching. You know, the thought process more than anything. You get like the internal monologue, which for me is something that typically it's very hit or miss in in the visual medium of like movies and TV. I feel like the one example that's probably worked better than any that I've seen is Mr. Robot. Um, mm-hmm, but it's just mm-hmm. so hard to to get that internal monologue out there in in a visual medium and have it be interesting. But I think this one it worked, and um, a lot of really good like supporting roles. I think Tilda Swinton was my favorite towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, don't want to give too much away in case you happen to be listening to this and, and are still planning to watch it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just very well executed Fincher. And, it, and if you kind of know if that's something that you want, this this delivers. I think it's more widely appealing than Mank. Um, 
<laughs> Still didn't see Mank. I, I, I mean, I, yeah. I really liked Mank, but uh, that was that felt like Fincher's, uh, you know, let me take this Netflix money and make what I want type of thing. Whereas this, mm. this is more made for the broad appeal, and I think it works. What about you? What do you think? Um, I wasn't as hot on it. No, you're not. No, and I think I think it boils down to like you said, the the interiority is like very hit or miss. Uh huh. And for and for me, it missed. It did. Okay. Yeah, like I I didn't enjoy being stuck in this dude's head. Um, especially with all the Morrissey, it felt <laughs> like I was stuck with him and Morrissey, and I didn't like him. And and so like it was, you got the Fincher stylism, right? Of it all, like it's that it's that cold detachedness. And for me, it was like too detached while also being stuck in this dude's head. Mm-hmm. And this dude wants to be detached too. So I'm like, okay, why do I give a fuck? Right. Um, and the second half I got bored. I, I, I was just like, I, 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 where are we going? You know? Um, I, I didn't know, like at a certain point I was just like, is he still, is this still because of the maid? Is this still because of the, like, like he was going up the chain. I just, um, so you were just disconnected from it. At yeah. That point. Yeah. It was just like, like, I, like I got it. I got the whole, like, you know, he was losing focus, the whole heart rate thing, which is, uh, your, your big anxiety, uh, trigger there. The, it is. the heart rate monitoring. It, it definitely is. Um, although I, I liked that. I thought that was, uh, I don't know. It's just, it, there was something appealing about watching this very cold, awful person start to lose his mind little by little. And, but, um, but we don't like like see the the externalities of it well no because in his internal mind he still is is under the impression that he's, he's keeping still, it together but then the external yeah, actions repeating, go against but he's that. still just kind of going business as usual you know like nothing nothing has completely changed like he's still doing the mantras of like yes i have to i have to be calm cool and collected and still do all this shit you know but he's still like killing people. Like, oh, I can't show empathy, but oh, I still got to kill the people. And so he kills the people. So like nothing has actually changed his behavior. Well, it has, though, is his entire approach, his his very clean, methodical but the end approach. Result, but the end result is still the same. And then by the end of it, he's just the same guy, except now he's dating his maid or whatever. Or he was always dating his maid or she wasn't really his maid. I, I couldn't I didn't know what was going on with that dynamic. I'm pretty sure he'd been dating her for quite okay. a while. Okay. Spoilers <laughs> made. <laughs> but 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 yeah, I was just um I don't know. And then he would sort of make some kind of commentary. Well, I think a lot of it hinges on the 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 first 15 minutes because that is where you get the step-by-step procedure of how he conducts his business. You, you needed that. You needed that to set up how things were supposed to deviate. Right. And for me, they didn't really deviate enough. Okay. I didn't really see him under enough pressure. Okay. Because for me, it felt like his whole world was falling apart. Like he composed this whole uh, sort of strategy and approach and and he was just kind of saying fuck it at every turn and and just getting a little bit more careless as 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 each Encounter I suppose. I, I guess you you see that mostly with the with the fight scene uh-huh. with the, in the house with the guy. 
Well, he also I know that's walks, so generic. But <laughs> he walks into a law office, takes a nail gun, and shoots a guy in the chest three times. So, like, there's a whole lot of just utter yeah, but, disregard. Yeah, no, but he's still, for, he still, like, puts the, the, the thing under the guy's head so he doesn't leave any, you know, whatever. Like, he's still doing all the shit he would normally do. Like, Well, he, no, that's that's he, kind of the beauty of it, though, is because there's, like, a, 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 a tight, uh, what's, what's the... Tight wire is that what's the term where you yeah trip? yeah I get yeah is it I, think, I guess it's like a like a carnival act tight rope tight rope walking yeah. the tight he's walking the tight yeah. rope um because like things are still working out for him but you just see him take more and more risks I guess I guess it's a movie of risk in terms of, it's a story of like him like losing it and taking more risks and things get more tense because of it as time goes along i didn't i didn't have much tension i had more tension in that first scene where he's like shit i gotta get out of here oh, and sure. the cops are on him yeah you know and then it, think, it does take a turn because you don't you, you expect it from that point to be like how does he get out of the mess that he made yeah but it turns out that that was already cleaned up by his superiors and the rest of the movie is like a revenge movie because he doesn't like the way they cleaned it up and the sort of uh repercussions that he faced maybe maybe it's just a little because that was like sort of the obvious to at least to me like thing it's like it's like so many of these assassin things it's like the john wick effect yeah where it's like of course he's gonna go after like go up the chain of you know he's he's no longer under the leash of the assassin organization thing like that's kind of where these go now but this one had a little extra to it because it it just it sets the mentality of the guy and then you just kind of he deteriorates <laughs> he deteriorates I, I wanted i wanted i wanted more deterioration okay, i wanted that's fair that is yeah. fair like, like he shows the most deterioration to me in that beginning thing where he's like, oh, fuck, you know, like. Oh, but he never recovers from that. Oh, fuck is the thing. And maybe things shouldn't have worked out for him in the end. I, I think maybe that's also part of it. Like, what's the takeaway? Yeah. You that's know, what, that's what I mean. Nothing has like changed for him except for the fact that he's now living the island life. True. Like, if anything, like. Things. The only consequence was that his girlfriend got fucked up, and that's that was her trauma. And then the elephant in the room here is that Michael Fassbender, the star of this movie, was accused of uh, domestic yeah, abuse. Yeah, I, I I didn't know about this. This is not the first time, even recently, that. Oh, really? uh, oh I'm sorry. I, I meant there. I had more to that. <laughs> this oh, is not sorry. the first time, even recently, that uh, Fincher has cast someone with a problematic background as a lead. So that's disappointing from a filmmaker that I really like and, and tend to respect his work. Um, what are we talking, Spacey? Uh, no. Um, oh. Gary Oldman was the Gary lead, Oldman do the lead in Mank. Oh goodness. Okay. Um, problem is okay so yeah the problem is there are too <laughs> many there are two there are, well, no there are too many cases um seriously so really? gary no too many cases of just problematic people in hollywood oh, uh yeah gary oldman was accused of <laughs> i don't mean I, i'm not i'm not laughing at it i'm just the fact no, that I, it's, I know what you mean it's the same thing it's domestic abuse like okay. it's just okay. it, it, you, this is becoming a pattern here sure you know like this is two yeah. movies in a row for fincher and i laugh at the sort of absurdity of it where he's cast a lead who uh-huh. has gotten credible accusations of domestic abuse against him like i don't it's that's something to reckon with Didn't for Brad sure Pitt do something too 
Well, that I can't. I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. It's hard to keep. I'm, just try, up. I'm trying to think of his other movies because like Spacey, mm-hmm. Red Pit. A lot of space. Got, got yeah, Affleck, I guess. Affleck. I don't what know. Was Affleck in? Well, Gone Girl. Oh sure. Well, the other Affleck was the one. With the That's issue. right. Casey has. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not looking to list. I'm. I'm not trying. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, like two or three episodes ago, you were trying to get me into trouble for liking Fincher movies. Wait, when did that? Oh, well, Fight Club. It's the cliche. Yeah, I don't like Fight Club. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not particularly fond of it either. I think it's it's one of his weaker movies. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely put Mank above it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, because I got to go see Mank then. <sighs> Who starred Benjamin Button? Is that person on problem? Uh, Damon, right? Matt Damon. Okay. I don't know. The point is, it's not a good look. Sure. Plenty of actors out sure. there, you know? Yeah. And so, um, like that—that takes away from it for me. It's 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 hard. It's hard to support. But also, who else do you want to play as a literally cold-blooded psychopathic killer? No, I think there's plenty of people who are an actual fucking psychopath. Well, sure, but there are plenty of people who are unproblematic that can be hired for the job. And and I say it's accurate casting. All right. Yeah. That's a slippery slope. Um, sure. For the record, I'm kidding. Yes, Got of a course. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Um, but yeah, just worth mentioning. Um, mm-hmm. That said, it's. I think it's a very good movie. I think you have you you make good points though. I, I I do think the ending is very clean for a movie that tried to take a character and make him messy. Yeah. You know, it, it it definitely feels a little bit disconnected at the end. Um, in fact, I expected the Tilda Swinton sequence to have more weight to it and consequence than it actually did. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't want to give too much away there because I think Tilda Swinton is excellent in this. I was waiting for some Swinton and it happened so late in the movie. It did. Yeah. It did. Um, she made it sure. count though. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean. Oh, this is a, this is a small thing, but um. I think this is more of a Netflix issue than anything else, but the movie has, uh, like, uh, an opening credits sequence. Oh, it does. Which I thought was good for for the record. I, I thought it was weird and it felt like, like it was tacked on and almost, almost like the kind of thing that like Netflix wants you to skip. Oh, that's funny. So they created it with the intention of the so viewer weird. to skip it. I was like, it. what is this? To me, it just felt like, like a normal movie title sequence. It was stylized and it actually reminded me of like Mindhunter. Like, that's you what know. I mean. It felt like it was for like a TV show. Maybe. Or like a James Bond but There was movie. like no cold open, no nothing. It was just like. Well, that's how movies and it was used like, to it was be. Like, but it was like 10 seconds long. No, it was. No, it gave you like a full. Yeah. It, it gave you like a full cast. It was very short. And everything. It was very it? short. Am I misremembering? It was very that? short. It was weird. And then it's huh. just the movie. And it's like, oh, yeah. Well, now, OK, now we're in it. It was very weird. It was like it was like designed like in a Netflix lab to me. Oh, weird. Because like once upon a time, um, pretty much every movie started with just a rundown of the credits. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. I know that. You know? Yeah. So this felt like, like the way a, movies way movies end now is how they used to start. It, that's that's exactly it. Um, yeah. And this to me just I didn't really read much into this. It felt like a stylized version. Well, of that. Fincher used to do like the sort of style like Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. Had the stylized thing. But this was just like that, like 
truncated to like. I don't remember it being that short. I'll have to revisit that and see. Let me, let me go look at the title sequence of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is funny, though. The idea that it was like sort of, uh, you know, encouraged uh-huh. by Netflix to, to, to include. And then as something to That's skip. That's the way it felt to me and again i didn't watch it on netflix because i obviously didn't have the actual button to skip but like that's what the way it felt to me it was just like there to have it there mm-hmm. and you weren't even supposed to like even care that it was there like most netflix title sequences now where they just like like oh everybody's yeah. hitting the button fuck it it's been it's like been, it was just like algorithmically driven i feel you know? like it's been years since i have seen a netflix tv series so i couldn't really speak yeah, to that but like you know um anyway that was just my little I have to get one weird, <laughs> weird nitpick in mm-hmm. every movie. Um, speaking of Gary Oldman, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I watched Oppenheimer uh, the night before I watched The Killer. I don't know. Wh- I don't know why. I I just felt like watching it. Um, it's not too late for some Oppenheimer takes, right? Um, no, because like Barbie <laughs> so, just like, Barbie just landed on HBO, and okay. so I feel like the the sort of synergy is still sure. present. Okay, all right, yeah. Well, yeah, I watched Oppenheimer. I haven't seen Barbie. I watched Oppenheimer. I did the. I had the masculine urge to watch Oppenheimer. Um, Which can I just for a second, like you go uh-huh. on to the Max app. I can't even call it HBO Max because that's not the name anymore. Right, and you're. The first thing you see is Barbie, of course, like that makes sense. But then you scroll down and it's like recommendations of other movies and TV based on Barbie characters. And I don't quite like none of them make sense to me. And then you scroll down even further and it's like, watch these if you liked Barbie. And then you scroll down even further and it's like other Barbie related. It's just they made the entire interface about this movie. And like, yeah, Barbie's a good movie. It's obviously culturally relevant, but like people are going to watch it. Like you didn't have to sort of push everything else out of the way. I think they're doing the opposite. I think they want you to stick around to watch all the other shit. They don't want you to dip after you watch Barbie. By making it all sky blue and pink? Yeah. They want you to think this is the Barbie app. All right. I mean, I, I, I have a disconnect with HBO ever since it got taken over by a guy who thinks that um, HGTV is the most valuable television in existence sure. um, and nothing else is really worthwhile. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's how just does he me. how does he feel about um, glass houses? I don't, Cause I they, don't know. Because they they're they're good for the heat. What's this a reference to? They keep an even temperature because uh-huh. it reflects the light. Is this like an atomic bomb joke? No, like glass, glass house. All right, never mind. It was supposed to be about the curse. So that doesn't matter. Um, the curse. Oh, I um, I dropped out. <laughs> I, uh, I, ha- I haven't watched since the third episode. I haven't watched since the first. Um, I saw really? the pilot. I was like, I don't. I'm very, it's, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable. It is a. <laughs> tough hour each time and which this is why is, i'm only on the third this is someone like i i love emma stone and and i yeah. you know I, I i admire nathan fielder's work and i am a fan of uh uncut jams yeah, yeah. Uh, uncut jams so sure. this should have been for me but i i feel like they took a swing and and i can't speak because i i you know maybe maybe it goes places maybe it takes time it's um, it's just designed to make you so fucking uncomfortable. Which, like, I feel like I don't need it. I don't think anybody needs it. True. I would love to see the ratings. 
I would love to see well, the rating. Is it a Showtime series? Because Showtime is about to no longer exist. So <laughs> I think it's already gotten shuffled around a couple times. Yeah. Um, there's this whole thing where Showtime is now going to be called Paramount with Showtime everywhere. Oh, that'll work great. Yeah. So I don't, you know, streaming is is a whole thing. Yeah. Why do you think I have 33 terabytes of <laughs> but, um, <laughs> whatever but what, about Oppenheimer? <laughs> yeah, Oppenheimer. Um, Gary Oldman's in it. Uh, also, th- th- literally Oppenheimer is like the Leo point of movies. I was like, oh, hey, it's that guy. It's like, oh, hey, I know that guy. Um, there's one safety in it. I forget which one. Um, probably the one that acts. I don't think the other one was the other one act. Um, no, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. So it's the one that acts. I want to say Benny. Okay. Yeah, probably. Uh, he's in it. Um, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. It's like, everybody's in this fucking movie. Uh, Josh from Drake and Josh is in it. Uh, (laughs) everybody's in this fucking movie. Um, yeah, I was not expecting to one, uh, enjoy it and two, like watch the whole thing in one sitting. But I did both. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's a three hour long movie. It does not feel like a three hour long movie, which surprised me. Um, the best ones don't. Right. It is not perfect. It is not perfect. Um, but it's probably his best since The Dark Knight. Probably. Uh, Dunkirk. Oh, Dunkirk. I forgot about Dunkirk. And I didn't see Tenet because oh, I don't. I, I think that's pretty safe to rule out there. Um, oh, Dunkirk! I forgot about Dunkirk. Dunkirk for me is like I I don't like war movies, and and I love 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 Dunkirk. So okay, well, it, okay, so this is good. I'm not gonna rank them, but this is it's good, okay. right? It's not perfect. <laughs> um, the if you don't already is it know better than about, Fight Club? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's like the metric. Uh, now. It, okay, sure. It's the Fight Club line. Uh. If if you don't already know like some history about Oppenheimer and like his like quote unquote trial that you know he went through with like the security clearance, the timeline can get a little fucky because it's not told chronologically. Um, so that's a little iffy because like the most recent part of the movie, like chronologically, is in black and white and everything else is in color. Um, so that's a a wrinkle. Like they do it to keep the timeline straight, but it's sort of like reversed from what you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was to keep the nuclear bomb test in color. <laughs> so, um, and I I knew I knew it wouldn't do it, and I was right. But uh, Lynch's bomb explosion kicked the snot out of this one. My God, are you talking about from the Twin Peaks Still, return? From the return, yeah. from the return. Still one of the most incredible sequences of film I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Kick the absolute snot out of this. My God. Um, just an incredible eight minutes of Jesus. Uh, but, but yeah, so there's like so many weird things. Like, and, I, and I'm not the first one to point this out, so I won't pretend to be. But like, there's so many moments where it's like, like, this is like an Avengers movie. Oh, OK. Like where like Einstein just kind of shows up. <laughs> And like, he's like, oh, we need to add him to the team. And like, he doesn't join the team, you know? Uh, And like the movie ends with like a JFK name drop, almost as if it's like setting up like a cinematic universe, you know? It's like, oh, who was that guy? Is uh, Kennedy something? It's the, 
it's really? the real world cinematic universe. Yeah, it's like very strange. It's like, what's that guy's name? Kennedy something. John F. Kennedy. Oh, that's cringe. It's like, come on. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. Come on. Something can it, it, that can't be the line. It was like uh, it was a the young senator from Massachusetts. Oh boy. Kennedy. It's like, come on. Uh so there's stuff like that. Um there's a sequence where Oppenheimer puts on the hat and it's like a superhero getting into his uniform. Oh, I don't like any of this. And it's really cringe. I'm talking about like the really bad stuff, yeah. you know, like like the, it's really really cringe. And then he's like walking around Los Alamos. Um but then but then like the performances are incredible. Like Killian Murphy's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um Florence Pugh is kind of relegated to like like literally the side chick. Very unsurprising you know? because the trailer has Florence Pugh pop up like once and it makes you think was is like, yeah. was that for was that Florence Pugh? But you can't tell because that's the only time that she pops up. And then you have to Google it. And you're like, oh it was Florence. Right. Yeah. That's kind of like there are so many people in the movie that is like that. It's like, hey, was that that guy? It's like, oh yeah, that was that mm-hmm. guy. Like Gary Old Gary Oldman's President Truman. You know, he's there for uh, forty seconds. Why not? Sure. Well, yeah. We've, so we've, why not? We've talked uh, about why not, but you know well, what I mean. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. You know, like there's a lot of people like that. I'm surprised Michael Caine didn't show up for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, just like yeah, there's, there's a ton of people. Um. Yeah. No. Great performances. Uh. Emily Blunt is very good. Um, and then it also largely succeeds as like a, a, a character study of, you know, this like conflicted guy who built the fucking atomic bomb, you know, and less so like his morality. It goes into his politics and it also acts as like a Rorschach test of like staying completely fucking um, like perfect nolan centrism oh okay of like 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 where you can graft your own politics onto it so like if you hate communists you know you can like still identify with this movie and if you even are a communist you can still be like oh they did him dirty you know (laughs) so like you can you could you could have your cake and eat it too Uh Like he's he's riding the fence like that that well. Which like hey maybe that's how he gets these big blockbuster numbers, uh, box office numbers. Yeah, rather. Uh, yeah. I mean it works here than his awful Occupy stuff in uh, Dark Knight Rises. So let's just say okay. that you know, um, it 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 doesn't it doesn't succeed in making him understandable as a. Uh, uh, not a sex symbol, but like as a as a womanizer, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe they couldn't make sense of it because it is kind of inexplicable. <laughs> okay, um, and also how he was like sort of a commanding orator. Like they never really like got that across. Um, they just kind of say that he is, and you're supposed to just sort of roll with it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's decent, you know. Uh, I am gonna watch it at sometime. Mm-hmm. I was uh I was busy sure. the weekend that it came out. Um, mm-hmm. I saw a different movie in the theater. Right, right. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Nolan wouldn't like the fact that I watched it on a television. You know. Um. Oh, that's what I need. Um, I have to watch this on my phone. That was the uh, that was <laughs> yeah, the whole exactly. point. Yeah. Just yeah. a spite because mm-hmm. I've we've been we've been we've talked about that. Yes, I yes, really resent yeah. uh, Christopher Nolan's comments during like peak COVID about how we need to save movies. Um, mm-hmm. But you know that's a whole thing. Yeah, 
it's weird that you know it was it was cut uh 16 by 9 I, I don't understand i thought it was an imax movie <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't get it what happened god it's so annoying if it was actually like if there was an imax cut it would be almost 4-3 like mm-hmm. we saw this with fucking Zack snyder like okay whatever. just get out anyway. big box tv at that point right yeah um but yeah i think it's 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 largely it's it's largely good and it did not feel like three hours uh so yeah you know what did feel like three hours mm. is uh the new sam Esmail movie oh no no that's okay because it almost was three hours so it's 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 okay. on point okay <laughs> um i watched leave the world behind his uh netflix adaptation of uh the novel from uh, Ruman Alam from a few years ago. Um, yes. I've been anticipating it ever since they announced it because it did feel like a, a, a good pairing of like source material and, and uh, artists. Um, and it turned out to be, it's, it's very good. Um, it mm. allows Esmail to kind of explore his usual family dynamics and technology and society. Like, you know, he, he, plays a lot of the greatest hits here. Okay. Um, but that's that's a good thing because he plays them well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, also, as someone who did read the novel and liked it very much, he he took uh, some different directions with it that I wasn't really expecting, but I probably should have been. Um, and mm. for the most part, they work very well. Um, whether it's like character details that just like fit very well in, in you know, with the medium that he's playing with, or if it's like actual narrative uh, or, or like world building details that kind of are more consequential. Um, mm-hmm. They all just kind of work really well. The The problem I, I do have with the movie, and it, it sounds like a glaring issue, which it kind of is, is that a lot of the characters for a long time are pretty insufferable. Um mm. And, and honestly, I could kind of see Sam Esmail being a bit insufferable himself. So, like, it makes sense, like, <laughs> having – and I'm a huge fan of of mm-hmm. his work, but I've listened to him on podcasts. You know, I've heard him speak, mm-hmm. and, and I think his personality shines through quite a bit in his writing. And in this case, it did make, like, some of these characters rough to, to relate to for a while. And, and part of that mm. is social commentary. Um, like, the, the basic synopsis here is that uh, a family um, played by uh, Ju- uh, Julie – how am I – Julie Julia Roberts? Julie Ro- – how am I, like, forgetting her name? She's like a – Julia Roberts, the very the, famous Julia actress? Julia Roberts. Um, yeah, her and, and Ethan, Ethan okay. Hawke uh, are the oh, – okay. yeah mother and father and they've got the two kids so they're taking like a little getaway from like their life and their their uh careers and they're just going on a little spontaneous uh airbnb trip um Mm. and then once they're there things kind of get weird and their cell service goes away and they can't connect to the internet and they hear rumors of like some sort of cyber attack and and then eventually in the middle of the night the owners of the airbnb show up and they're like yeah we were just in new york city um stuff's going down so we felt it would be the practical move to come back to our home will you let us Mm. in and stay the night and then there's like you know paranoia and um different social dynamics at play that kind of contribute to the the whole situation um Mm -hmm. 
And that's actually where the novel spends most of its focus is in the ambiguity of what's actually going on in the world around them. And mm, you're sort mm-hmm. of left with these characters and their own perspectives and, and thoughts and kind of how that, you know, their decision making is mostly on, about the unknown. Um, whereas here, Esmel is sort of filling out the, the uh, I guess, the, the context of what's actually happening. Because okay. um, you get, by the end of it, you get a full view of what's actually happening in the world. Um, so he's like taking away that ambiguity. And I think that it, it really works for what he's going for. Um, but it's interesting because that sounds like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it sounds like uh, the, the Paul Tremblay novel, um, Cabin in the, that title. Knock on the, <laughs> knock on the cabin. Don't, don't, don't knock on the. Don't knock twice cabin. on the door in the cabin don't, in the woods. Don't fuck. Are you talking about um, the one that came out early this year, right? With with Batista? Cabin at the End of the World. Yes, that's the novel. The novel. By, yeah. by Paul Tremblay, who we've unfortunately had to yeah. talk about on the podcast. Um, he's, that novel was a big miss, yeah. Yeah. Um, Shyamalan. Did the adaptation. What's yeah. it called, though? Uh, Knock cab, at the Cabin. Cabin. Cab. Knock that's at the cabin. not a good that, yeah. name. <laughs> that's not. It's not. It's really generic. Especially because Cabin at the End of the World is a very good title. Yeah. Knock at the Cabin. That's like almost grammatically. I mean, that happens. Yeah, that happens. There, sure. There is a knock at the cabin. But no, but like the, the premise uh, is uh, similar. Oh, okay. That was that was all. This was this was, this was not worth this was not worth this diversion. I'm sorry. No, I do that all the time on this show. Um, yeah, so I, I appreciate the uh, sort of diversions from the source material that Esmail makes. Where he struggles is the characterization. I think the characters are a lot easier to mm. connect to in the source material, and and. Um, you know, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like it's, it's much easier to get the internal thoughts and everything in in the form of a novel. Um, Mm -hmm. but then when you're stuck with these characters and your runtime is two and a half hours, (laughs) see, like this was something like I can forgive this, this movie is a mess in terms of pacing. Um, Mm. And like the, 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 just the way it, it flows, like it, it's a mess. And I can't even really say otherwise. Uh, cause like you're an hour in and you feel like it's reaching its climax oh, as okay. if it's a 90 yeah. minute movie. How, how much of that is, do you think due to his mostly working? That's exactly TV? it. That was the point that I was going to make is that I, I, okay, I kind of okay. forgive it yeah. because he's only made yeah. television and right. I can overlook that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but it did feel very much feel like it was working towards the big finish at, you know, maybe less than halfway through. So um, mm. it takes dips and, and, and you know, dives and all that. But it is ultimately worthwhile. I think that it has a lot going for it in terms of like the world building and the tension. And eventually the, ca- the characters come around mm-hmm. to the point where you start to really understand them and they're. Uh, motivations and and you know you get a, a big a better grasp on them probably around the two hour mark um okay <laughs> see like if i wasn't already <laughs> such an s-mail fan i probably would have been that's a tough sell it, it's a tough yeah. sell and and like i was already fully in from the beginning because i know who's involved and i was gonna see it through and i ended up enjoying mm-hmm. it 
And I think it ends brilliantly. I think it has mm. such a satisfying ending scene in, in a movie that is actually otherwise very, very bleak in its mm. like worldview and, and outlook. Um, I just think it ends so well that like if you could if you could get get through some of that early stuff and stick with it, it's it's worthwhile, which is a tough sell because there's so much out there. I mean, you could say the same talking about the ending like for Mr. Robot, right? That was such a a, a dark, dour, like the world has gone to shit yeah. series. But that finale that a lot of people dropped off in the second season because it did struggle. It took a swing and it struggled in, in its second season mm-hmm. because the first season won Emmys and it had so much recognition. Yeah. And then the second season took this chance and didn't fully connect. And I say that as someone who like I consider that like an all time favorite uh, in, mm-hmm. in terms of TV. Second season's a bit tough. Um, relatively speaking, yeah. like it's still obviously very good, sure. but it's a little, it's, it's kind of tough to get through. Um, but then if you stick with that, the third and especially the fourth and final season are like all time TV. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess this might be a bit of a, a, a trend for, for S mail. I think maybe homecoming was like his, maybe his, his best like singular success because it was a limited, well, at the time it was a limited series. He only worked on the first season. I was going to say, I only watched that first season. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I think unintentionally I, I, I didn't, you know, he, it felt like it was done it anyway. Was a totally different creative team in yeah. the second, totally different cast, I think, except maybe for like one or two characters. Um, okay. Yeah. But and I'm not trying to say that Leave the World Behind is in any way comparable to Mr. Robot in terms of quality, because like, you know, this movie is good. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Robot is like transcendent. Um, sure. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think it's worthwhile if you kind of buy what he's he's selling here and, and are in for the mm-hmm. ride. Um, there's just like some really cool shit with technology, too. Like, I, I kind of almost want to spoil this one part. I, mm. I really do. Like, I, I do and I don't because I, I think you might. Are you eventually going to watch this? Eventually. I'd like to read the book first. Like, You gave me a copy forever ago that has been on my list and shelf <laughs> since there's there, okay there's a scene where the characters are trying to get back to um new york city they think mm-hmm. it's a good idea in the moment they're like we're gonna try to do this well actually what they're trying to do is get to jersey but they're in upstate well, new york well yeah that in general um <laughs> funny um but they have to go through like the highways and stuff and, and get to new york city anyway the point is one of the major highways is total gridlock mm-hmm. And you don't know why. And then you continue, like they continue slowly driving up to like seeing where all these cars are just like sitting still on the road. And then they're all the same exact car, which is Mm. very creepy and unsettling. And you don't know what's going on here, the context of it. But then you very quickly realize what it is. And it's like so, so good. I'm not going to give it away. Um, Okay. Okay. But it's so good. Um, if you know, if you've seen mm. the movie, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, stuff like that. Like he just like that's that's not anywhere in the source material. It's something that he sort of, you know, thought would be fitting in in the, the um, filling out the world, I guess, you yeah. know, and it works. So, yeah, I mean, Mahershala Ali is like it's funny because like everything he's in, he's like just like so far and away the best actor on screen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the case here as well. Um, not to take yeah. anything away from anybody else. Like Ethan Hawke is is great. He's one of my favorites. Um, and then also Mahershala's, uh, his character's daughter in this movie 
is played by uh oh yeah um myla harold who was the star of uh, well i say was i'm not sure if it's coming back or not but industry on hbo which is a show that i love and i remember mm. sam esmail saying it was like his favorite show of whatever given year that it came out so it's like pretty funny to then see him cast one of the, mm-hmm. the stars from it in his movie um yeah it is cool to listen to him talk on like a pod because he always does like a year end podcast with the ringer where he talks about his like favorite TV and like the state of the industry and stuff. And it's like cool to hear his perspective. And then you kind of see the inf like see that kind of on screen when he makes something, right. you know? Yeah. 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 Um, he has a recurring bit about friends, the, the, the show friends in this movie. Mm. And yet he's very, very in real life against like comfort TV. And so I wasn't quite sure how to read the friends bit, whether it was like, well, I know how to read That's- it. That's funny hearing that and then remembering the Mr. Robot uh, fake sitcom. Well, yeah. So what what the Friends bit, not to give anything away, but the Friends bit in this movie is not necessarily about the show itself, but it's about the power of like fiction and specifically like serialized TV to like keep someone, I guess, company in like, you know, when they might be going through some shit or Mm -hmm. like, you know. Just like, you know, relating to characters on screen and, and like actually like caring for them and like the power of that. That's really what the friends bit in this movie is. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just kind of funny to kind of compare his own like world, like view on the industry with some of the stuff that he includes in his projects. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'd recommend it. I think it's, if you're a Sam of uh, uh, Sam, I, I can't even talk at this point. Sam of if fan? you're a Sam of fan, if you're a fan of Sam Esmail, definitely watch it. If you're not or you're not sure because you haven't seen anything that he's made. You got to become a fan. Well, just miss, just watch. Just gotta, watch Mr. Well, Robot. Yeah, that, watch that's Mr. really Robot. what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah, yeah seriously. I think that's still on Amazon Prime. Yes, it is. Yeah. So fucking good. It's great. I mean, it was cool to see this movie like be at the top of the Netflix charts because I feel like that is usually reserved for something awful, um, especially on the movie side of things. Just right. like the lowest common denominator, whatever the fuck, like, you know, action mm-hmm. movie with like a, you know, completely forgettable yeah. cookie cutter, almost AI generated narrative. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's definitely a cut above that. I'll get, you know, that's that's objectively true. So I would hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not what I expected. Mm. Okay. It's not what I expected uh, going in, but also it makes perfect sense for like the type of direction they took it. So it, it's, you know, I, I appreciate what he did with this, this movie. And I think if you're looking for something on Netflix, it's probably, it's probably worthwhile. Maybe not as worthwhile mm. as the killer, although you might think otherwise, but. Mm. I mean, if you want, you need two hours to kill, you got the killer. You do. <laughs> if you like the Smiths and Morrissey. I keep coming back to that. It was a lot of it Morrissey. was so much. <laughs> it was so much. <laughs> you keep coming back to it. They kept coming back to it. That's true. That's true. Like whenever it was the next like like uh, sound drop, I was like, "Wait, is that fucking Morrissey?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, fine, all right." Then I expected it from that point, but like the second one was like, "Really." <laughs> Uh, I think we did a show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting our first segment to go that long. Actually, but, you we know. were almost at the exact runtime. Well, this is before editing. So mm-hmm. we're at the exact mm-hmm. runtime of Leave the World Behind. So if you want, if you oh, want to get okay. a feel for well, 
<laughs> what you're investing in. Uh, I don't know what that says. I have no idea either. Yeah, it's <laughs> that says. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, I assume this is the last episode of the year. I might split these two. And if I did, then I will have said some kind of intro in the first half or outro in the first half. Um, So I don't know what I'm going to do in the edit, but we will see. I really do appreciate you listening. Uh, And also uh, another reminder, our new email is podcast at denaro.media. And as I've mentioned a couple times, the new URL for the website is denaro.media. I mean, they can also just like go to your personal inbox because all bets are off at this point. They could if you if you can locate it. I don't keep it public, but if you manage to find it, you can send me weird cryptic emails that I'll obsess over, and maybe I'll obsess over it on the air as well. Um, but yeah, dinnerroad.media for everything uh, for the podcast for uh, some writing stuff. I'm gonna be putting up some fiction stuff up there Ooh. soon, maybe, uh, and also the publishing stuff as well. Any other articles I write. Uh, the old links still work, but I'm going to transition fully over, so I'll stop giving the reminders uh, upcoming soon, most likely in the new year. That's that's all I got. I got <laughs> anything else. Uh, yeah, appreciate you listening. We will see you in 2024, most likely. That's a scary thought. It is. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs>